Join Justin Charity and Micah Peters in sound only as they discuss their deepest, darkest thoughts about the millennial lifestyle, rap music, video games, anime, YouTube, social media, and their underlying themes. Check out Sound Only on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Cold open question of the week, Kerm. Yes, sir. Did you know we have a new member of the Mass Man Show family? Who's that? Kaz had his baby girl, man. What? As of this morning, as we're recording this, Kaz and Jasmine had, had I don't even, I'm, I could say her name, but I just, maybe they're keeping that secret, you know, because of all the stalkers out there. So uh, um, it's a beautiful thing, man. It's such a beautiful thing. I'm so proud of them and I'm so happy. And this is not, you know, good, great fodder for all the wrestling nerds out there, but we love you, Kaz. Uh, hope you guys are having as much fun as I know you are. Let's start the show. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WB superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening you're to listening to and you are listening to the And you're listening to, listening to You are listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to a very special Thanksgiving week episode of the Masked Man Show. Kaz, as previously discussed, is out on paternity leave. I'm here with Kerm, our baby face production assistant. Jonathan Kerma, how you doing, man? What up, Dave? I'm chilling, you know, in the holiday spirit. Happy we just came off Survivor Series. How you living? Good. We had fun at Survivor Series. We did a shit ton of podcasts last week, and we did a green room after the event on Sunday. It was me, Peter Rosenberg, uh, Greg, Sack Guy Greg, um, who, Evan Mack was there. I think Dipperstein stopped by for a minute. Like, it was a full, full-on Ring of Wrestling show house party, and it was a good time. Um, we're going to have to keep doing more and more of those things. But anyway, uh, anyway, with Kaz out, I was just like, let's just uh, turn on the recorder and do some listener mail or something. Um, there's a lot that's going on. Um, 
you know, it's, it's Survivor Series just happened. But by the way, we didn't even talk about about um, AEW last week, which was like a huge, like, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to be man enough to say it. That was a huge mistake on my part. I had a whole cheat sheet, like ready to go of bullet points. And then we did those interviews and and I was like about to leave the room and I was like, oh crap, I didn't do my predictions. So Brian and I did the predictions real quick. And then I was just like, I didn't even look at the cheat sheet the whole time I was there. So I just missed the biggest pay-per-view of the year uh, on the AEW side. So we'll talk about that too. Um, maybe not the top of the show since it's old news now. Yeah. And, and I am a paid shill. So, you know, we got to bury it. <laughs> hey, did you like hear what happened with uh, Seth Rollins? You see all that stuff last night? Yeah, man. This is the first thing I've been like scout. I've been like watching intently on like Twitter and stuff for quite some time. Quite some time. Uh, there was other, first of all, there were two things. There was one guy who got tossed out for like harassing Montez Ford or something, and they were just like got got pretty choppy. Yeah, I heard Montez. But then Montez wanted the smoke though. Like he actually <laughs> he wanted the smoke with that guy. Oh That's yeah, what I, I saw that he was like yeah. uh, jarring back with him, which is always fun. Yeah, but then, so when Seth Rollins was leaving the ring, some guy just ran around from, like, the backside of the, like, by the edge of the entrance ramp or whatever and just t tackled him. Um, and Seth was, like, had the guy in, like, a front headlock by the time that he hit the ground. I mean, Seth was just, like, was was obviously livid and whatever else, but he was also just, like, dude, you know, he's, like, the last guy you'd want to do that to. Um, uh it was pretty scary. I mean, it was it was in terms of like the texts and stuff that I got. It was the biggest thing that's happened in pro wrestling and since like Punk came back. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, I have no what to make what to make of this. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp just tw just tweeted as we were like started recording the show. Just tweeted that the guy who attacked him was got scammed and catfished by a fake Seth Rollins account. It's not funny, but it is like the idea you got scammed by an account and that that's your villain. Like somebody was story. pretending to be Seth <laughs> and he was just like, I like, what do you think he told him to come in and we'll make it, we'll do a bit. We'll do an angle together. Or do you think he was just like really mean to him? And it was just I'm like, I fucking hate you so much. Come if you if you you know if you want to try something, just jump right down from the stands <laughs> and take a swing at me. If you're a real man, like is that? I'm hoping it's it's the second one, and just the idea that someone's like origin story came from a fake account to the point where you decided you were gonna storm the arena and just attack Seth. Also, can we talk about like? Honestly, the way he tackled him and based like the he came almost from the stage to the point where it almost looks like a run in. If you're if you look at the video of it, it looks like yeah, a you legit don't wanna, planned event. You don't want to make light of it, but that because we've talked about this in a different a couple of different ways in the past couple of months. Um and it's a real thing. And obviously, you know, wrestlers and referees and everybody else justifiably just will end whoever decides to, you know, cross that line. Um but you know, in terms <laughs> but on the other hand, in terms of kayfabe, this is what we've been taught, right? Yeah. If you want to wrestle John Cena, the best way to do it is to come out after his match and hit him with a chair, right? <laughs> we shouldn't be joking about this, but it's true. It's true. It was definitely it felt like a legit spot. Like if I saw that live in the arena, I would have been very confused. I would have thought they were introducing somebody new. I've always thought that they should use that as I mean, just on an off month, like during the summer, 
I went d- during the scene as interminable rain. I, I remember like fantasy book. I think I fantasy book Drew McIntyre ironically into that spot when he was a member of three man band. As this is what was going through my head. Like, why not just have him come out inexplicably? Like, have three man band lose earlier in the night. Like, no one cares about this guy. Or maybe he just have him not even on TV. And he just comes out at the end and just like beats the crap out of John Cena. And he's just like, this is what this is what people do to get in the main event, right? You know, and just try to make that a sort of meta gimmick. But uh, yeah, you can't do that. You can't run and you get your ass fucking beat. And I don't understand. I don't understand. I just don't understand. I think that there's probably we can talk about, you know, what led the dude to do this. We can talk about security at Barclays. We can talk about Seth's, you know, MMA form. We can talk about a lot of different things, but there's probably, I think that the, you know, the answer to the riddle is probably a lot simpler than all this. I mean, it takes, uh, there's, I'm sure that whoever did that has, has some issues and we should, you know, they're going to get charged with, with big charges now and, Hopefully they get the help they need, not just some time in jail, assuming that they need help. Yeah. So I guess before we move on to fan questions, I I just want to say, like, (laughs) the Ringer Wrestling Show does not condone fans jumping into the crowd or jumping out from the crowd. Even if we're getting these jokes off, don't do it. If you're you're thinking about it, we don't condone it. It's really weird because... As John is saying that, he's making faces and mouthing not really. I don't know. It's very, he's, he's, he has his fingers crossed. I'm just kidding. What John said is 100% true. And, uh, and he believes it as much as I do. Yeah, definitely don't do that. Definitely don't do that. I mean, listen, if, if, you're gonna, if, you're, if you find yourself inclined to do that, just spend five minutes like Googling what happens, like going on YouTube. Find out what happens to people when they rush the ring. It's not fun. Yeah, they you get know, beat. It's a terrible thing. You get yeah. I just saw the, someone posted the one from Jacob Fatu somewhere on the uh, today. It was on like you know on on uh, uh, Reddit somewhere, and they just I mean he just this big dude just started like walking up like he was going to do something, and Jacob Fatu just like murdered him. I mean just hit him in the in the head, and he went down hard. Uh, and it's you know it doesn't take much from a trained athlete, you know. Oh, wait, wait. No, wait. I got it for you. Hold on. I'm going to send this to you right now. Okay. I'll let you react in the chat. Hold on. You can react as we're watching this. So, okay. yeah, this is from this is from Reddit. This is uh, when a guy tried to square up with Jacob Fatu, all right? Yeah, playing it right now. It's a big guy. Oh, never mind. Yeah, he got, <laughs> now he watch. got snuffed, stomped out. Oh, and he's wow. still not together. Oh, and then he threw, threw a chair, chair at him. At him. Yeah. This is wild. <laughs> Jesus Christ. My God. I saw a clip. I think it was Triple H and like Stone Cold. They were oh, yeah, in the yeah, ring. Yeah. And then the guy tried to, I guess, Yeah, attack, that was getting passed around too. Yeah, that was trying to attack Stone Cold and Triple H immediately like gives him almost- Serious ground and pound. Yeah, ground yeah, and pound. It, the ref got involved, got a couple of stomps in. That shit was crazy. Oh yeah, the ref's like doing some kicks or whatever. <laughs> um, Wild. Yeah, yeah, I mean, listen, most of these people, and then that, I mean, the scary thing is like when, like what happened with like the Bret Hart's Hall of Fame induction or whatever, where it's like, he's, you know, an older guy and you'd never know. I mean, that's just some, for some reason feels more like a spot where something terrible would happen. I don't know, man. It's, it, you should, nobody should do that. I mean, I, but what do you say? No one, no one, no one is mistaken about this. No one is like, no one's listening to the show is going to be like, oh, I shouldn't. I shouldn't jump the railing. Yeah. Hey, I was confused. You never know, man. You never know. So just in case, jump. we got the disclaimer. 
don't jump to railing, guys. Don't 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 make yourself part of the show. If you want to make yourself part of the show, do what a real man does: throw a beach ball or start a CM Punk chant. You know, <laughs> that makes you that, that way. You're that way. You're the center of everything, and you don't even have to get punched for it. Yep, yep. All right, let's do some uh, fan questions now. Um, so first in our fan mail ten count, we got Joe Flores, who he knew that I was going to see these, so he picked the right way to phrase the question. He he did a Survivor Series times no skips type edition of. So what was the match of the night of Survivor Series? The flagrant foul. What was hard as fuck? And what was the one match that you could skip? Oh yeah, for Survivor Series. So let's let's do it one by one. So what was the match of the night at Survivor Series? I think it was uh, the match of the night is so hard. Um, so the night of the event, I feel like everybody was saying the women's match or the tag team match. Uh, I I was sort of standing for the men's Survivor Series match and the main event. I still think the main event is the match of the night because I just I just loved it. But um, but the women's match too was just a really good match. I think that it was just. It's a little bit let down by it's like the fact that it went on first and the sort of and the degree to which it sort of didn't pay off. It's weird. There's kind of telling two different stories here where like they had the match and then Becky cut the backstage promo about how Charlotte used to be her best friend. It's like it's like they have, you know, it's like they're doing a different program with the behind the scenes producers than they are with like Vince. I, it, it's all very strange. But um, but that match was super, super good. And the tag team match was good, too. It's uh, I don't know. I think at the end of the day, I'm leaning towards them. I lean towards the main event because it actually, despite the fact that nothing at the Survivor Series is like super meaningful, it felt meaningful in a way. It was the end of a thing. You know, it's like we're not going to see this thing continue on. And I felt like on a night where the only thing, the only stakes that really exist is how you're going to be booked over the next six months. I feel like that was a match where like I really have a good idea of how the company feels about both these people. So we'll see. I don't know. What did you like? I really I like the main event as well. I would go Charlotte and Becky, but the, you know, the way they, they booked it at the end, I get I get how you want both uh stars to look, you know, powerful. So you want to kind of have like a, a smiles finish, but it felt so abrupt to me that it was just like uh, roll up and I'm just getting real tired of the heel cheats to by leaning on the ropes because I don't see how effective <laughs> that is in aiding in a pen. Oh, we're, oh, we're going for the, the kayfabe, the kayfabe explanation for it. It doesn't work. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> so I would probably go the, the men's elimination match. I enjoyed a lot primarily because I am a Jeff Hardy stand. So the fact they gave mm -hmm. me that, that feeling of, oh, he's the ultimate underdog one last time. Like he might really steal this. That's all I needed for me. And I just loved uh, Seth Rollins and Austin Theory as well. Like their heel work in that match as well. Overall, that probably was my favorite match of the night. Uh, but it was a good card in my opinion. So it's definitely a tough pick. It's weird. They sort of book these matches. Some, I mean, I'm no expert on booking. You know, don't confuse me with a Pat Patterson, and th th don't think that I think of myself as such. But it's, but you, but there, there's sort of like a way that you can book a Survivor Series match, like a Survivor Series match, and then there's a way you book it sort of like a Royal Rumble. Where, and this was these both of the matches were the. What I mean is, 
if it's just sort of like a procession of people do getting their spots in and getting eliminated, like that's a Royal Rumble to me. Right, that's right. not a that that's not a Survivor. So what so what are you trying to start with the problem? Like what are you trying to do with the Survivor series? I mean, the answer might be make everybody look pretty good and not try not to kill anybody's heat or something. But that doesn't really give me a lot of motivation to watch. I mean, like wouldn't wouldn't the women's Survivor Series match? I mean, this is just spitballing, but wouldn't the women's Survivor Series match have been great if it had just been Bianca versus the entire team by herself? Like that way you like really get somebody over, right? Like, or like all of her teammates quit or they all get eliminated in five seconds or like whatever, you know? Just like have a reason for the existence of the match. Like have a reason for the end result. Um, and and you can, you know, do a lot of fun stuff like that. And the men's match was just, like the story became about Jeff Hardy, and I thought that was that was fantastic. I mean, it was just a lot of like like taking turns eliminating guys from the other team sort of set up, which is just sort of gets sort of redundant or repetitive after a while. But the Jeff Hardy bit was great, and Jeff versus Seth, I thought was just the exact right note to strike. And here's my question for you, John Kerma. Do you think they could like polish up Hardy for like a main event WrestleMania match? Main event, I think that's a stretch. I think that's a Can stretch. Can you do Jeff Hardy gets wants one last run, one last shot at the belt, and then he's gonna retire against and it's Roman Reigns or who a big E or whoever else? I think it would be tough just because the way they've booked him for the last like year and a half. It's kind of like he's just hit or miss. Sometimes, you know, he'll win a feud against um who's the dude with the guitar? <laughs> Jesus. Elias? Uh, Elias. Like, he'll win a few against Elias, then he'll just disappear off TV for a little bit. So it would be tough, but Jeff, he's still, I feel like he has that connection with the fans still to this day that if they said he's the number one contender, I think they could really build it up and the fans would back him in a similar way to even like a, maybe not to the same extreme, but like a Kofi mania where we really believe like this is the ultimate underdog that all the people want to see when we'll see if the the company wants to see when it, I think it would just take it would take uh, a lot of building these over these next three months if they were going to do something like that, though. But Jeff Hardy's still he's still a star today that it's plausible. Yeah, it's possible. I'm not quite sure because he has, you know, his style. He's actually is physically in great shape and not a lot has changed, although the little springboard off Sheamus's back didn't have quite the zip that he used to have with his brother yeah he didn't he went for like the he went for the clothesline instead of the leg drop i was waiting for yeah. like the leg drop didn't come <laughs> well he doesn't have quite the upset he used to but he i mean he kind of gets around like he used to the problem was he's always been a little bit herky-jerky like a little bit a little bit slow sort of and not slow he's obviously a fat, but there's like a slow aspect of the way his body moves which is Good because now it you know he's he's in the same I mean he he looks as great as he ever did in some ways but also the, but the flip side of that is like he's old and he looks slow you know so it's like if you if if you don't remember exactly how we <laughs> you know if you if you only have a vague memory of him he might not look like championship material bell to bell that said I just think it writes itself and I think in a some in a survive I mean in a, a WrestleMania season that's going to be bereft of big stars. Maybe you don't put him in the main event, but maybe you have him earning his title shot yeah, lower down like on the card or something. It's like if you win the next 10 matches, you get a title shot or something like that. And then, you know, have him against 
whoever the gatekeeper is going to be. I think, that, but I think you can really put Jeff Hardy over. I think he's people love him. That reaction he got on Sunday was legit. Yeah. Anyway, next question. Okay, so we're, well, we're still on this no skips edition. So we did we did match the night. We have flagrant foul, which is you know like a flagrant foul in the NBA. Like what is like the most heinous thing of the night that you saw? Where we were just like, this is not good. Um, and then we have hard as fuck. So the opposite of that, essentially, what is the hardest moment of the night? So let's do those uh, concurrently. What do you what do you think is the biggest flagrant foul? Well, the flagrant foul, the flagrant foul has to be. I mean, the most the most flagrant and I'm not pointing at anybody here, but the most flagrant foulish feeling moment of the night was when the during the women's Survivor Series match, when the crowd just decided they were too bored and started doing the wave and chanting for CM Punk. Mm. Uh, normally I'm like all anti-crowd on these moments because it really does like emotionally and mentally take me out. It's not just like, not just the, the, the not, I'm not just talking about the sort of, you know, like basic argument of like, these are people that you love and respect who are out there doing their damnedest to entertain you. And you're just like giving them the middle finger, which is true. But I'm, but, but just from a, on a personal level, it's just like, I just feel so like, I'm just like, God, why am I here if this is what's happening? But there is, you know, I mean, to, just to defend the crowd for once in my life, uh, it it's not the wrestler's fault, but WWE needs, should be, I mean, needs to give you a reason to care about these matches, you know, from like for every moment. And I was there with my 13 year old and the wave was like one of his top three moments of the night, you know? <laughs> He had no no disrespect to the people in the ring, but he was like, it was more fun than what was going on in the ring. My issue and my flagrant foul was going to be the same match, specifically the fact they had Sasha Banks go out as early as they did. I get that in storyline wise, it was like she's supposed to be the leader of the team, but she isn't leading the squad to the point where they pretty much turn on her. But I would have rather seen Bianca eliminate everybody and it's Sasha versus Bianca. And then, you know, Shotzi comes back out and interferes and costs Sasha the match mm -hmm. if you're trying to continue that feud but it just doesn't make sense to have two stars and bianca and sasha not close that when they had you know they had that wrestlemania moment so that would have been a great kind of callback to yes, that yes i agree but you know i guess that's the story they wanted to tell and they wanted to make bianca look good while also protecting sasha i guess but you know i think there could have been other ways around it so that's also my biggest flagrant foul yeah and what was the last one and then so we got Hard as fuck. Um, so what was essentially the opposite of the flagrant foul? What was like the moment of the night where you were like, holy shit, wow, this is crazy? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of good moments. I don't I mean the 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 I mean the hardest moment of the women's match probably happened, you know, before the match started. Um I mean it's probably something in the main event. If I have to, I mean, just watching Big E hang with Roman. Uh, I thought it was just one of my, one of the, probably the highlight of the night for me. I mean, both physically, you know, ring work and just in star power, you know, I don't, you know, listen to say this out loud, I'm definitely like imagining things, but like, I, I was looking at Nick Khan, you know, president of WWE watching that match and I, and, and it, he, I'm probably wrong, but it definitely looked like he was he was surprised at the reaction that Big E was getting in the match. I think, you know, he just felt like an equal. And that to me was like the coolest thing. Right. Yeah. My two my two hardest fuck moments. One would be specifically in that match where they gave Big E the Hulk Hogan treatment and he ate three straight Superman yeah. punches and stands up oh, yeah. while Roman's, you know, talking shit to the crowd and Roman turns around shocked. That moment or in the, the opening match between Charlotte and Becky where 
Becky puts on the the figure four and they, they start slapping each other while locked into the, the figure four. That was just so cool to me. because Oh yeah, I love that spot. Because they had that the real beef this past month, it made it feel real where it was like, for a second, we're not wrestling. We're actually just smacking each other just in the middle of the ring because we can. So those were my two moments where I was, you know, I was saying holy shit to myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll go on to the next question from Hey Nong Man. He asks, <laughs> when will the Spanish announced table be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame and what other inanimate objects should be inducted? Oh, well, I actually have a list that I could, uh, I won't pull it out. I'll see what I can do for memory. Um, that the Spanish announced table, it should go in immediately. Uh, the, um, let me, what are some good ones? The Ultimate Warriors arm tassels. Uh, Hulk Hogan's American flag, specifically Hulk Hogan's, um, the, the, the barbershop window, the barbershop window glass, uh, or broken window, the, um, I mean, you could put in, you know, stuff like the list of Jericho yep. or like whatever, like that are like physical props, but I just like things that weren't intended just to be like th things that were a little bit more incidental, um, Jake, the snake Roberts bag with, with or without dead snake inside, um, the money that Million Dollar Man stuffed into people's mouths, um, Stone Cold's beer, like a couple of drunk, empty beer cans from Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, what else? What uh, one of Vince McMahon's like, like, uh, like black tank tops from his like Stone Cold <laughs> Steve Austin days? That's like so covered in baby oil that it's hard as like a board as a board, you know? Like that right, would be really right. great. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of really. There's a lot. There's a lot of important you know physical things that that uh that, that we should all remember yeah uh next question we got from rob the leaning cowboy great name um asks why would an independent wrestler want to sign uh with wwe having witnessed you know so many you know people getting cut recently not to mention you know character changes and you know the seeming lack of plans so we can't be shills here dave Answer it honestly for the fans. Why would they want to sign? Well, I mean, we don't know if they're trying to sign people the same way that they were doing before. I mean, if it's, you know, I understand why somebody might have, might be given pause if like whoever, someone from the old regime, I'm not even going to, you know, if, if uh, you know, if Regal is out there, your independent, your indie show, and he's like, I want to offer you a, a contract. Come over here and learn how to wrestle WWE style. I understand if you're like, yeah, well, that didn't work out for a lot of people. But who knows? I mean, maybe now it's back to the days of like, you know, Johnny Ace, like calling people on the phone and being like, you're, you want $100,000, kid, or something. And then, you, <laughs> then maybe you say yes, because it's like, you want, you, you, you under, you're getting a different sort of offer, right? I mean, at some point, they're going to release enough people that, like, the next person they sign is going to just get a shot by default. You know, I mean, it's there's there's a there's, there's going to be it's it's possible there's more opportunity there. I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's it's it is it is a really tough spot that they find themselves in. Um, but I think that with the way that they've sort of started pitching the develop their new developmental system, they would say it's not a problem because they're not competing for those people. They're competing for like you know, the Gable Stevenson's of the world or like the Bianca Belair's of the world, just people who were like elite athletes with 
you know, legit backgrounds who have just a sort of innate charisma and they're just going to come in and teach them how to wrestle and hone all that. Right. Yeah. I'd, I'd say for an independent wrestler, like even if it's a quick, like splash in the pan, it's still notoriety within the WWE, something that you would put on your resume, even if you're only there for three months, if you, you, if you get the right, you know, 10 minutes on raw, you could really make a name for yourself for a casual fan like myself that might not see you if you're, you know, wrestling in God knows where. So that that's my opinion from it. If somebody offered, well, look, I mean, like, you know, if somebody offered me a job, you know, if, if somebody offered me a job like writing for a TV show, right? You know, they're just like, hey, I got this new show. You'd be, you'd be, it's about wrestling. I, I want you to come be involved in it. You know, you could be one of the, you know, you know, you get an official writer's salary or whatever. And, I mean, it'd be really cool and I'd love to do it. But if I had to like quit, would I drop everything else to go, you know, relocate my family or whatever? The math that I would be doing is like, will I make enough money or have enough sort of like, ambiguous benefit to me over the next over the amount of time that I know I'm going to be employed you know like I get like I, I'm guaranteed you know six months of salary or one year of salary like do, is are they paying me enough in that amount of time for me to lose everything and not work and not work again for the next two years like is that like if that's worse comes to worse that's fair that's the sort of calculus I imagine that a lot of indie wrestlers would be doing too if they were put in that position This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. All right, next question we got from Michael, a.k.a. at DeepEnd, um, asked if you were to build a brand new... One of these, these, I feel like every time you read somebody's handle, it's like on the verge of being someone trying to just trick you into saying something <laughs> funny on the podcast. For real, for real. Uh, haven't gotten canceled yet, though. Let's just, let's hope none of them get to that level. All right. But um, at Deep End asks, if you were to build a new wrestling promotion like a Thanksgiving meal, who would be the turkey, the mashed potatoes, the mac and Ooh. cheese, sweet potato Ooh. pie, the veggie um, medley, etc.? Oh, are we talking about of like free agents I'm picking or just picking between like the like the big names that, that exist in the world? I think you you're, it's anybody that is wrestling today from any promotion. They left it pretty open ended. 
man, that is really, really good. Um, so let's start God. with the turkey. Who's the turkey? Like for me, it's Roman. For you, who yeah. is there anybody else that could be the turkey right now? Roman's the dark meat, and Danielson's the white meat. Okay. The, the white meat. That's that's my take. That's a good take. <laughs> mashed potatoes. What are we doing for mashed potatoes? Mashed potatoes. So mashed potatoes are just like the best. I mean, mashed potatoes for my money has got to be like something like you cannot possibly do it without it. For some people, it's the it's the main event. For some people, it's just like a little, you know, just to kind of throw away. But like it's impossible to conceive of it existing without it. So to me, that's like Kevin Owens or well, it'd be like an AEW, um, almost like a Jericho, but like uh there's probably a better example. There's a, there's a lot of mashed potatoes. There's a lot of mashed potatoes in AEW. My mashed potatoes, I'm saying, even though I don't think he's being used to this capacity right now, he was a few years ago, AJ Styles is still, I think, mashed potatoes yeah. material, where it's like, he can yeah. be your main eventer, he could be you know, your mid-card guy, he's funny, he can really do it all, and I think that's what you need in your mashed potatoes. <laughs> that's That's true. I was gonna say I was gonna say Eddie Kingston's in that category, but no, Kingston's more of like your friend's mom makes like a like a uh, mushroom casserole or something, and you're just like, really, like I think we're pretty good. Like we got all the sides we need, and then you get it, and that's all you want for the rest of the day, right? That's like right, right. the big surprise. Okay, we got we got two more for the foods, and then we'll keep moving. Give me okay. your. Uh, mac and cheese is kind of similar to mashed potatoes, so maybe we'll skip the mac and cheese. But corn? Do we do corn? Yeah, let's do. What are your veggies, and then what are you? What will be your sweet potato pie? My mom makes this corn pudding, sort of like a corn souffle thing that is just the best. It's absolutely incredible. Basically, it's a thing. The corn is the thing that makes the 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 mashed potatoes and the turkey work because those are both real base, right? They're both like real like basic, like not a lot of spice going on over there, right? So the corn can kick it. There was a, you know, just kick it into high gear, bring everything together. So who is that? That's a sort of New Day thing. That's, um, God, who else? I mean, we haven't put CM Punk anywhere. We haven't put Kenny Omega anywhere. So like, you know, they gotta, we gotta figure out where they fit in. Um, I kind of feel like Omega maybe, I mean, if, if he doesn't get to be the turkey, he has to be, he has to be the corn. Of, of AEW, although he's out with a bunch of injuries right now, so maybe I can just justify not putting him as a dish at the moment, um, just to make my life easier. Uh, I feel like Punk. What is Punk? Punk is kind of, Punk is less corn. He's more he like dessert. The mac, I would say CM Punk is like the mac and cheese for me, or the or the. I don't want to say mashed potatoes, because but now Punk is the Punk is the Punk is the your your grandma's famous cake okay. pie or whatever okay. whatever pie whatever you like it's it's like the dessert but it's also like a like a like a prestige dessert it's like the you know it's a dessert that that everybody it's the one of the reasons why people show up I could get with that I would say so when I was thinking vegetables I was thinking of like something that you don't necessarily want at your Thanksgiving dinner, but oh, you need. Okay. So I was like, someone like, a, um, I might get killed for this, but like a Baron Corbin. Where it's I like, knew you were going <laughs> to say it, yeah. Like nobody wants Baron Corbin, but you need that big heel that is good at their job. And I think Baron Corbin is easily like broccoli casserole. Like I'm not eat, I don't want to eat that shit, but I know it's good for me and it makes my plate look like I'm not 12 years old. 
I don't want to dispute that too much because I like the Baron Corbin, the happy Corbin argument. I might dispute the fact that broccoli casserole is good for you. I'm pretty right. sure there's enough in the casserole that it kind of outweighs the broccoli you're aspect right, of right. it. But it is good. It is good. Yeah, but you do need those, you know, vitamins and minerals or whatever the hell the broccoli has. Um, yeah, yeah, I could get with that. You know, sometimes you go, you have a Thanksgiving and it's just like, yeah, there's just some straight up like, like you know, uh, broccoli rob or something. And you're just, somebody's like, just got some greens out and you're just like, that's not, you know, I don't, I don't need that on my plate, yeah. but you're right. There is a sort of, there is a sort of like eat your vegetables aspect to, to some of pro wrestling and, and, and that's fine. <laughs> right. Next questions from at son of Daro. He asks, who's the best bet to be the next WWE or universal champion that has never held the title? Uh, I mean, after Sunday, uh, you got to put some, I mean, I'd, put a lot of money on Woods, on King Woods. Mm. Um, I don't think he's a sure bet, but I think that, and I'm not talking about even the way he's been booked. I'm talking about just the reaction that he got, the way he looked in that match. I mean, not for nothing. He's definitely in like the live, in like the, the uh, like live event all-stars, like w that guys that just like look better and just like come across better. And not like he looks, he's bad on TV, but when you see him live, it's like, like who's in that category? Like, like Braun Strowman, Big Show, Braun, Big Show's in that category. We're like, you know, he's a giant, but when you see him live, you're like, oh shit. Also, like, there's some guys that just that just like look physically better live. Sheamus and The Miz, like both of their physiques kind of like disappear into the lights on TV. But you go see him live, and you're just like, dude, Sheamus is the most ripped guy in the ring, and Finn Balor's in the ring. Like, Shame, he looks sick, you know, in a good way, not like he looks sickly. Um, Woods is in that category. Like Woods, like like everybody, everybody. People that did not in my section, there were a lot of people who were kind of like experiencing wrestling for the first time in a while, you know, and you know, and they were people who were just like that guy is money, you know. He was amazing. So I don't know. That's that's who I would. That's who one name I would also put. Riddle in that category. That, that was my pick. I was I was scared that it would be like my lazy pick. It seems obvious when they have him next to a world champ. Uh, however many times, 15, 15 time world champion every week as his tag partner. It's almost like they're telling us, yeah, he's next. But it, it, he's he's got all of it, right? You know, he's got the mic work. He's got the in ring work. He's clearly got the the fans behind him, the charisma. Him and Woods, I say, are probably the best two bets. And Damian Priest, I mean, they're obviously a million percent behind him and he just feels like a professional wrestler, you know, like it's like, um, but my guess is that none of that will be wrong. I mean, that the, the next, the next person on the list will be none of those people just because, you know, odds are, um, is there anybody, I mean, it's funny. You hear people in WWE talk about like Shotzi Blackheart being the next like you know on like the one of the next the, the the leader of the next generation of female wrestlers and stuff and um you know Becky and Charlotte drop her name in interviews and stuff like that i'm not sure that i'm there but like there's got to be a, an answer on the women's side to this too although they seem to sort of toss the belts around amongst the existing talent more but like tony storm could be a world champion at wrestlemania like what, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of potential you know, has Shayna won a, a women's title yet or a singles title? 
not I mean she's NXT she was NXT champ but but not the not not the not Raw or SmackDown that's champ. still like baffling to me like she just looks so intimidating that I thought she would have just already won multiple women's titles so I guess that would be my pick even though last night I felt like the way they booked her or Survivor Series I should say the way they booked her like she went out to Bianca I don't even think Bianca used her finisher to to uh, eliminate her I feel like they don't protect Shayna Baszler at all for like the monster she's supposed to be but that would be my pick I agree I think that she's uh, I think that they've not have not figured out the have not figured out the rhythm with her at, ever on the main roster I liked her and Nia Jax as a tag team and like especially when they were kind of doing a little interpersonal drama at the beginning of it that didn't you know seem to really add up to much but they're definitely missing it with her I mean and also she's I mean she, I don't know. I mean, my wife was not a fan of her ring work. Now, Sunday was not the best showing or whatever, but, you know, we were sitting there watching. She's like, yeah, I thought she was supposed to be like the best ever. You know, I thought she was supposed to be like the Kurt, female Kurt Angle. It's like, yeah, well, you didn't get to see all that for sure. So, you know, they got to figure that out. Yep. All right. Next question is from Oscar Poet. Um, he asked, it's a long one. Um, so Charlotte versus Becky was a great manufactured story told mixed with real life animosity and tension. So this and Good Workers is the perfect combination for a great wrestling feud. Why do WWE fail to produce this so often with the formula that that exists? Um, well, I think that his what he ends on is right, and the premise is a little bit off. Real life drama is super is a super is an incredible resource, right? Anything that you can like mess with in the real world, great like incredible stuff. There's very little more valuable than that in pro wrestling, in the pro wrestling world, especially today. But there's gotta be, but you've got to like marshal it. You've got to like take the reins of it. You've got to actually feel like that's the story that they're telling. Now, in some sense, there's a more of an, there's, there's more, there might be more interest in that match because WWE is so clearly like not willing to get a hundred percent behind the personal drama as an angle, right? Uh, if they had made that the storyline, then maybe you actually, then you're like, well, this is clearly a work. So I'm like not even involved. I mean, not even like that invested in it, but I do think that it needs a little bit more like to, to the perfect wrestling angle will make, will take advantage of what's happening in the real world and use that on TV and really make that the thing. Um, we talked to Charlotte last week. Obviously, you know, uh, our dude Ariel Hawani talked to Becky. There was a couple, a number of Becky interviews over the past little bit. Um, they were, I think that certainly Becky and maybe Becky and Charlotte were very invested in using the real world stuff to draw attention to the match. But was WWE? Well, no. I mean, if, if WWE, I mean, listen, the, the 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 press that that match got, that should have been the main event. If WWE was like excited about that, it had, you know, if that was what they were trying to do, then they would have put it in the main event because look at all the success they had promoting the thing that they made, right? Um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, why don't they do it more? Uh, I think I think that kind of gets at one of the big problems, you know. Um, I think that that they. You know, they fight against the real world stuff a lot. The real world stuff, there's one, it's one, I mean, it's, you know, two wrestlers hating each other, something, that kind of thing falls in their lap and that's, that's okay. But like the stuff that, look at the stuff that's like animating AEW crowds. It's like, 
seeing dream matches. It's like remembering things that happened on the indies 15 years ago. It's like actually like rewarding people for paying attention. And there's also a huge aspect of sentimentality that WWE seems to sort of whiff on a lot too, right? Where it's like, like you could do like AEW could book, could, could AEW like book Jeff Hardy into the title picture? Yeah. Because like you would feel for him, you know, they would talk about everything because they would talk about his drug issues. Exactly. You know, they would tell you, you know, they would talk about everything that we know about him and they, and, and you know what? They'd probably like book a few extra shows in North Carolina to let him like bring his family around and like be, you know, be like, like have his hometown crowd there as opposed to WWE's thing where they make you lose in your hometown. Every time. Like, did you see, <laughs> did you see like the Ruby riot after show thing where she came out to like just a standing ovation in fucking Indianapolis or wherever it was? It's like, it like, like you can, like you earn so much with your fans and your talent by just like letting them get, be appreciated in their hometown. You know, and putting them over in their hometown. I'm like, whatever. Like that's that should be what the whole thing's about. And um, but that's part of the real world stuff too, you know? Like, I mean, unfortunately, WWE is sort of working heel in all this. So, you know, it's a little they don't really reap the benefits of like signing anybody that's been recently released and making their dreams come true. Like that's a little bit hard to do. But and it looks like they're not gonna do they're not gonna mess around with any like kayfabe, you know, kayfabe bending stuff like we're going to include, you know, like Kevin gender Owens. In the, oh, my bad. Yeah. Put Kevin Owens in the releases only to have him come back and hit somebody with a chair in two weeks yeah. or something like that. Like, like, should they do that morally, ethically, whatever? Probably not. But like, of, but, but based on, based on what they have to work with, is that the, like one of the most significant things they could do? Yes. <laughs> by like, like by a lot, it's because they're not, they're they produce sentimentality by you know upon other people by letting them go i mean it's so funny it's like that we we've joked about this before but like if you watch all those their documentaries remember like the keith lee one and what were the other ones that all there was like three that came out and like every single wwe 24 7 or like whatever the series is called three set what is it i don't even know but every every like yeah every like week in the life you know documentary thing the story is always WWE didn't see that didn't see what they had in me. And then I then and now I'm working to overcome that. I mean, how is that the story that you just keep telling people? And then you're just like, but why aren't you cheering me? You know, why why like why aren't you fans of us? Like, why aren't you wearing WWE shirts? You know, it's like, well, you know, we're not it's you don't really book yourself as like the brand. Oh, Liv Morgan, that's the other one. I mean, Liv Morgan, God bless her, is a good wrestler and she's about to get a good a big look. Um uh, but I mean, her people love her. People are like the fans, the the diehard fans are now treating her like she's like the female Brian Danielson, <laughs> and yeah, and basically her gimmick is like her friends, <laughs> her her friends who who are really good get keep getting fired. You know, I mean, and that's and we should so we have this sentimental attachment to her for like sticking it out and trying to get better and whatever. And she's, I mean. She she has some flashes where she looks like she's really incredible, but and I think you know obviously there's a deeper thing here where it's like she's good. She might be she might it might not be great, but she's certainly good. So why have we not given her a look so far? Like beggars belief, and that's what people are, I think, really reacting to. But you know it's anyway. That's a she, but she had the same thing. She's I mean everybody's like WWE didn't see it in me, so now I'm gonna prove them wrong. It's like why don't we just nip it in the bud and like give it, give people shots earlier on, you know, 
not wait for the 24-7 to like get the crowd going behind you. Right, anyway. right. Okay, next question is from another great name, Dumbass the Dank Engine, um, a.k.a. Dr. Zach Jones, asks, um, considering the women's roster is relatively small, what's the best thing AEW can do to differentiate the TBS championship from the regular women's championship? First of all, Dumbass the Dank Engine his real name is Dr. something. <laughs> Dr. Zach Jones. I don't know if he's a real doctor, but that's his et. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Wouldn't you be, someone who's listening to this is going to go to their like proctologist tomorrow, you know, and it's just going to be like, Zach Jones, where do I know that? And it's like, wait. It as they're like inserting a digit, just like, what? oh, wait, are you dumbass the Dankage? <laughs> It's like, yeah, that's me. It's like, oh, I just listened to you on the mass man. Oh, oh. Anyway, um, uh, what was the question? Oh, what? How would AEW need to do with their women's division? I mean, they it's what they did with the TNT title at the start could really, real work could be really effective for the TBS title. Although there's just kind of less talent in the women's ranks, sort of in general on the indies. Um. I think it's no mistake that MLW, I don't know if you saw this, but MLW sort of got out in front of this whole site, the, the news cycle yesterday, the day before yesterday, basically saying, we're officially like, business is open for free agents. Like we're not, like you can be on our TV show without signing a long-term contract for us. Now they're going to have guys who are under contract or whatever, but like they, I think they sort of smartly realized that one, there's, they can get a lot better talent if they don't, if they're not constantly negotiating with people to like sign contracts that'll keep the people away from fulfilling their dreams at other companies or blah, blah, blah. But also there's going to be a real arms race for people because I think Ring of Honor is going to start doing that and AEW's might be doing that now. I mean, they were kind of doing that, you know, for a long time with the TNT title and and just in general. Um, and now they, they could be doing that with the women's division. That's what I would do. Just have indie wrestlers have, you know, big names from the past like you can do all that kind of stuff that that'll help it but i think that there's a really basic answer to it which is you know not rocket science but if you make the women's title i mean the women's title has been great and it's had good wrestlers you know the, the the matches have been big but i just think you push the women's title to a little bit more of you make it a little make defending it a little bit of a rarity right and i guess it is pretty rare now too but you just defend it at big shows and you know, keep just sort of make that a little bit high, you know, a little bit in the ivory tower title and let the TBS title just be like the workhorse title, like the old school IC title or the, or the or NW, WCW or NWA TV title. You know, like you're, we're, this is going to get wrestled week in and week out and it's going to be like 15 minute matches every time. And we're just going to like, you know, just give you like give you some exciting stuff just to watch bell to bell. Okay, next question. We got three to go for this 10 count. Kevin Griffith, a.k.a. KGXVI, um, he asked, who has the X-Pac heat for you right now? And is it wrong that it, once again, is Roman Reigns for him? Yes, you're wrong, Kevin. I'll, I'll jump in front of that for you, Dave. You're just wrong. You're wrong, Kevin. But what do you think, Dave? I talked to X-Pac last week. Humble flex. I don't know if I, did we talk about, did we talk about, did we talk about, no, that's just a flex. What are you talking about? Uh, we should get him on the show because he's like the most, he he was doing a lot of podcasting about the current product and he was just like, I think he, you know, it, I'm not sure he's made for 
been made for this podcasting life. Like he loves to podcast and stuff, but it's just too much. Too many people, I think, were texting him just being like, what are you talking about? You didn't like that segment. Um, all of which is to say, X-Pac is the only man who will ever have X-Pac heat for me. But now X-Pac heat is a good thing because X-Pac has become, or X-Pac is just an incredible dude. Uh, no, but really, what is it? Who has like, when they say X-Pac heat, they mean go away heat. They mean people, they mean heat. They mean when people boo you, they're not booing you because it's like, you're a bad guy and you've raised our hackles or whatever. You're getting booed because it's like, I would really rather be, you know, like taking a nap on the ground than watching this segment right now. Um, I don't know who the answer is. I mean, a lot of people will say it's happy Corbin or something like that. And I think that I agree with you that that's like utterly incorrect. Um, there's a lot of people who I don't like very few people who I would waste my time um, waste my time booing. Gosh, I don't know. Do you have an answer to this? Let me think about this. I'm trying to see if there's anybody that would be that I really that fully fits that category. Yeah, for, for me. right now, I don't have one. I would say growing up for me, 2011, The Miz and Michael Cole, that little partnership they had where Michael uh -huh. Cole worshipped him, like. If I was ever in live attendance that year, I might have pulled what that guy did to Seth Rollins last night. Like where I I might have just jumped jumped and went for the Miz because I used to literally hate the Miz as WWE champion. He just didn't feel believable to me at the time, and everything revolving around him back then, I was just so annoyed. Like I was not having a good time watching wrestling in 2011 when Miz was champion. But I love him now. That's what's funny. <laughs> yeah. No, I was going to say, sounds like you might have had some other stuff going on in your life. Or that. Uh, <laughs> the, um, I don't think I have anybody in that category now. I'm having, I'm looking, I'm in a good spot. I I can find joy in just about everything. You know, having having kids is super helpful for this because they like the ones that you don't like. And, you know, you still have to explain who the wrestlers are and stuff. And it's, yeah, it's, yeah I kind of, I kind of like, it. I'm sure, I, mean, I know it sounds like I'm like, bailing on this one but i don't I, God, I honestly don't know of anybody who i just don't care about there were moments i should say there were definitely some braun Strowman moments that i would just like rather be doing something else but then you know generally when they got when he got to the big match setting i was like well at least it's like cool to see him do a thing you know um i don't know i don't know there's there has to be somebody I, i'm gonna think about it because i, I um We'll, we'll come back to okay. it. Okay, I got I got a, a piggyback question I just came up with on my own because of what I said about The Miz. Who would be from childhood to now, who was like that heel for you that you legit like couldn't stand to the point where like it, it felt like true disliking of them where you might jump the barricade for them? You can go all the way back to your childhood <laughs> when you thought wrestling was real. Uh, who was the heel that I absolutely... I mean, when I was a kid, like Earthquake... You know, like he he put Hulk Hogan out and he didn't even like look that cool. He was like bald and fat. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, and, and then in like the WCW days when he was shark, like that was even worse. Like X-Pac, he just like all those Dungeons of Doom guys could just get out of here for all I cared. Um, so, yeah, he's probably the he's he's probably the worst. The one that I, I mean, I really and, uh, that was really tragic what he did to Hogan. Um, I mean, I think it is. I think. You know, WrestleMania three era. I mean, Andre the Giant. I don't think I there was any part of me that was like, there's still something good inside of him. I mean, again, I'm a kid. Yeah, you know? <laughs> right. I think I thought he was pretty diabolical. Um, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, oh, I'll tell you who gets X-Pac heat for me. And this is, I don't, this is probably not either going to be like entirely uncontroversial or just controversial because it's an AEW thing. It's American top team. Mm. Like I don't, I could, I could do not care about that crew a, a little bit. And they just, <laughs> and I like Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Don't get me wrong, but the Dan Lambert, all that whole thing, I just don't care. Yeah, I don't get the, I don't um, get Dan Lambert, honestly. <laughs> What if I just what if I just went really hard at someone who like did not like it was just inexplicable? You know, it's like just seemed like really like if as soon as you asked that question, I was just like, like, I don't know, who would be a good one? Just like, oh my god, fucking Commander Aziz. Get Aziz out of here. Like that dude ruins everything. You know, <laughs> it just or if it was just somebody mid-card, just like. Like I love Biggie, I love Xavier, but get Kofi the fuck off my screen. You know? <laughs> just like, yeah, yeah. Oh man, that would be that that yeah, that would just be hilarious if I had that opinion. I'm sure people do. Definitely I, I can't even. Last two questions uh, from at Mr. Garrett. Um, wow, pretty negative one. He asks, "Was Survivor Series the worst pay per view of the year for WWE?" I got to go back. It's too late in the year now because I can't. I can't. Uh, I don't even remember the paper. There's too, been too many pay-per-views at this point. When I, when I was there at the arena, I felt like I had a great time and I had enjoyed everything. And I thought all that, and I was like, well, if it doesn't add up to much, it still was like fun to watch everything. And Kaz was a little bit, the Kaz texted me after the show. He was like, was that, was that good or bad? Like, I literally don't know the answer or something, you know, and he was like, felt off. And it did feel a little bit off in certain ways. And, and WWE's, I feel like every time they have a pay-per-view, we're sitting here saying, you know what? Like not exactly what I like wanted to happen, but bell to bell, those were that was a shockingly good set of matches right there, you know. Um WWE is a real real is very good at just like giving you three hours of like solid B plus, yeah. you know, on those shows. <laughs> they've really got it down to a sign. I don't even mean that as an insult. No, like I you, know exactly. They've actually made it, they've gotten it to the point of like they you know what you're getting, and it's usually a good thing. Storyline wise, like surprise wise, maybe not. Whatever. So I don't I have no idea. You guys tell us. Tweet tweet at the Ringer Wrestling Show and and uh, tweet at me at, at at David Shoemaker and see if you know what was the worst pay per view of the year. Rank the pay per views. Do whatever you got to do to to help me answer this question. <laughs> yeah, right now the only pay per view that immediately comes to mind that I just didn't enjoy was Extreme Rules just because they had one Extreme Rules match and we saw how that match ended with the weird rope finish and so that just left a bad taste in my mouth but other than that yeah it's there's been so many b to b plus pay-per-views and it's kind of hard to differentiate them but last question uh i wouldn't be surprised if we've asked this before it's gonna keep on being asked as long as roman reigns keeps winning brock bennett asks who's the guy that ends up taking the belt from roman is he even on the main roster right now oh man I was just trying to figure this out, and I think I sort of gave up halfway through this thought experiment. Uh, I mean, it it really does feel like they're cruising towards, more than ever, like they're cruising towards The Rock at WrestleMania in 2023. Um, would they let him keep going that long? I don't know. This might sound this might sound negative for me, but I really hope it's not Drew McIntyre. I just uh, feel like that's that's the name I was just staring at. I feel like it's just a waste of 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 a spot for him. You know, like I get that his moment unfortunately came during the pandemic, but now we know Drew can be a world champion. We don't need another like 
world building like hero moment for Drew at this point. Like have someone else beat Roman and then, you know, maybe Drew eventually takes that from them or he goes back to Raw and wins it there. But I don't think we need to give him another monumental victory against a megastar. I don't think we need that for him. But that's me. Yeah. Oh man, I'm I'm actually having real trouble. Uh, if if it was going to be somebody on the SmackDown roster, who's currently on the SmackDown roster, I mean, Woods or Jay Uso, I think <laughs> would be the two. Yeah, yeah. Those are valid. Ricochet Ricochet's over there now. You know, Ricochet. You could book Ricochet into that spot. He was the second to last in the in the battle royal. That was my wild thought. I was about to say, if you gave Ricochet someone that can talk for him or give him like promo practice, doesn't need to talk. Just have him go out there and flip around. Yeah, I, I could see that would be cool. Like a big underdog moment, like Rey Mysterio. You know what I mean? Like he, I could really be something if they really gave him that push. I just don't know if he's ever gonna get it. Yeah. That would be, I mean, we've said it a million times in the show. I've said it, Kaz said it, you've probably said it. I mean, he's just getting him in the main event at WrestleMania. You could do it in a week and a half, man. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, that concludes our questions. Well, I'll be right back with some uh, AEW talk. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, just officially for the record, for all the haters out there, and since I didn't say it last week, uh, let's run through this AEW full gear card. Rule. Just, and, and just, I mean, everybody's seen it. Nobody needs to hear this at this point. But you know, should I get my official star ratings in? Uh, let me see. Uh, Dar- Darby Allen MJF uh, was a really good match that I. But for some reason, my abiding feeling was like, I don't need to see that again. You know, I'm sure that they'll come back together. Like, you know, like the Rock and Triple H. I'm sure we'll be looking at like the body of work feud between these two guys in five years, you know, as they both elevated separately and together up the up the rankings. But, uh, you know, it was fine. It was what it was. Um, Punk versus Kingston, I thought it was freaking great and very like reminded me of just reminded me of like watching you know memphis wrestling growing up it was just like two guys who were like just i'm not sure who was the baby face or the heel they were just two guys who like legit don't like each other and there's it's weird it's like what we're talking about the charlotte becky thing it's like you feel like there's real tension but you're fully aware that it's manufactured but it this is what wrestling should be it affects it turns the same knobs and levers inside yourself as a real thing even as you know that it's fake um and the match was really good. The match was really good. I thought that this was going to be the one. I, I think I picked C- Eddie Kingston going over. I think that I thought this was going to be CM Punk, the one CM Punk was going to lose because I was like, he can't just win every match, right? But maybe he can. Um, I just thought it. Would, I thought it would be worthwhile just to have Kingston win by a nose, and uh, and then you know have Punk get his win, get the win back, you know, defiantly later, and then move on or something. I think that would have been cool for everybody. Um, Damn, what else? Danielson Miro is just great. I mean, again, not the five-star classic that there was a part of me that wanted 
it to be just to like prove that they could do it when given the opportunity, you know, whatever. But, um, but it was good. It was it was really good. It was probably probably I mean one of Miro's best matches ever. I mean I don't think the bar is like particularly high. Um, so you know that's cool to see. It's good to see that him. You know, it's always good to see people hang. You know, and and um, he definitely could. Uh, the cage and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus versus the Super Click. It was a really good match. It was a really fucking good match. I'm just like, no, I'm kind of don't have much to say about that one. I'm not, not like super enthralled by multiple elements uh, of that. Um, on the flip side, I am super enthralled by like most of the parts of Cody Rhodes written pack versus Malachi Black and Andrade. But I don't think that match was as good as the one the one before. Um, but the care the, the personalities involved are just so freaking great. I could watch that match all day, every day. Not again. Uh not one of the better matches, you know, bell to bell on the card, but it was um I just loved it. I loved it. Baker versus Conti was fine. I like both of them a lot. I think that, you know. I think that they are very significant building blocks of this division. I can see why they sort of kept us kept them apart for as long as they did. I feel like this sort of, you know, exposes some of the, you know, problems, some of the greenness of the division, you know, and, and uh, they can't keep recycling. They can't keep, you know, doing the same three few, I mean, three matches that work over and over again. They got to keep building it and it's fine. This is a good match. It was a really good match. It was better than most of the women's matches that we see on WWE TV, whatever. It just wasn't a five-star classic, you know, so it'll get better. Um, I'm going to, I'm just going to like defiantly skip any, the damn Lambert match. Penta and Phoenix versus FTR. Not as good as I hoped it would be. That's it. That's it. This, the bar is so freaking high. I loved it though. I did. I loved it. And I mean, it, it, it's always good. It's all. It's always fun with those dudes. But like, I don't know. I don't know. It's like it's like somebody. It's, it's like somebody's taking you to like the best steakhouse in New York City. It's like there. This the bar is set so high. You know, if like the mashed potatoes are only okay and everything else is great, you're still gonna be like spend the rest of the night just being like, damn, I spent $18 on a side of mashed, on like the mashed potatoes and they weren't even that good. You know, it's like you, like the, everything has to be, just the bar is so high. Uh, the bar. Uh, and then Omega versus Paige. What a fucking moment. I didn't, I wasn't sure if this was the moment for Paige. When, as I was watching the match, I was like, oh, this is the moment for Paige. It was the time to do it. This is in some ways, this is like the end of AEW season one, you know? And this match, earned i mean just like paid off for everything that we've seen so far there have been some digressions there have been some offshoots there have been some you know spin-off shows um but but this is huge uh having hangman winning was 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 such a moment and such a freaking achievement i mean when you really see it laid out where it's like the story arc of this show i mean of this yeah this brand this company is basically starting with you know, the VPs, a handful of like best in the world, you know, type wrestlers. And in the season finale, the end of the show, they've crowned a new king who most people hadn't heard of when the company started, you know, and he's totally, and everybody's behind him. He's so freaking over. So it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. It's it, it's also interesting that like, 
Jericho's gone. Omega's about to get some surgery. There's a couple of other like big names that aren't around at the moment. Um, and they're just going to keep plugging along because they've got all, they've got a bunch of other big names. They've got a, such a big company now, you know, with like a bunch of, such a bunch of stars and they're making new ones all the time. So it's cool, man. It was a good show. Anyway, this was a good show. I got to go hang out with my family. You got to go, you know, start cooking your turkey. <laughs> um, thank you to John Kerm, our baby face production assistant. Um, we're thinking about you, Kaz. We love you, man. I'm so glad you're having the time of your life. Congrats and, again, uh, man. You guys listening to this have the time of your lives, too. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.